0: Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of
1: your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles,
0: and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Welcome to Midlife Moxie. You are in for a treat today because this is an episode that we're going to call Moxie Musings. And we will be coming to you with Moxie Musings on a regular basis. And you're probably wondering, what's that? This is where Gail and Christina get raw and real and share our random thoughts on life, pop culture, and current events. And of course, all things midlife, right, Christina?
1: Yeah, absolutely
0: there's nothing we love more than breaking things down, right?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. All the time. Talking about what's on
0: our mind. So today I want to talk about menopause because October the 18th is world menopause day. Did you know that?
1: I did not until you brought it to
0: my attention
1: last week. You said, Hey, did you know that we have a month? I was like, Nice. We have a month. This is awesome, and I we celebrate that. it
0: with boobies. So all things women. You know what I love about it is I think it's a chance to really talk about what menopause is and tie it into the bigger story that is women. Because here's what's been on my heart and mind lately: women. We get our period. It can be so embarrassing when you're, you know, an adolescent girl. It's painful. Oftentimes, it. Uh, it brings challenges, especially like I was an athlete and our home uniforms were white, and here I was. Oh,
1: gosh, that's horrible!
0: Absolutely, bleeding, sweating, and running up and down a basketball court. And you know, that was a challenge, and it was always in the back of my mind. And then, you know, most women will experience childbirth, and then. We'll all go through the change. And you know what's really bu- bugging me about it is I don't feel we get enough credit. I don't even know if credit's the right word for that. But this these are significant things that cause us a lot of pain, a lot of stress, a lot of frustration, a lot of embarrassment sometimes, uh, that it costs us money in menstrual protection products, sometimes surgeries that we need in menopause, birth control, all these things. And let's just be honest, this is something men don't have to go through. And I know some of this is biblical and spiritual about why we have to go through it. But I think it's really under, let's say this, it's not understood for just how challenging and traumatic these natural life occurrences can be. Don't you agree? Well, uh, yes, because we're
1: talking about something that only happens to women. You know, menopause only happens to to women, and so we're we're in this um, camp all on our own. Like, you know, the majority of us start to lose our eyesight as we go into our forties, and as we travel into the next season of our life. Um, And so men can understand that. They can relate to us with that. Um, Some of them get a little bit moody or also uh, have that midlife crisis type thing. You know, we all kind of go through that. But you know, they have a midlife crisis.
0: They get a Corvette. We have menopause (laughs) and we get a DNC or an ablation. I mean, does something seem out of balance here? Well,
1: you know, again, if we're going to go back towards the the spiritual or um, the understanding of where this all came from, um, yeah, we kind of get the short end of the stick, I feel like. But it doesn't have to be that way, right? I mean, like, it doesn't have to be that's that way. Exactly I think that's exactly it.
0: If yeah. culture, if men, the other part, and women who were coming up behind us, like, I did not know what the generation above me was suffering with when they were going through menopause. If I had have understood that I could have been more empathetic. I could have been more supportive. I could have been more helpful to those women in that season. And, you know, our partners, you know, whoever they are, if they understood what we're going through and they could care for us better. Yeah. Yeah you know, they could understand that it feels like gremlins are chewing your insides out and boring a hole through the outside, you know, or when you
1: get hot, you know, like the heat thing is real. Can we just pause for the cause right here? Because I am hot all the time, even working out. And normally I don't sweat when I work out, but because I'm in this new season I'm sweating and I'm looking at everybody in, in the class and I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't like this. Why am I sweating? And they're like, what is wrong with you? I'm, all, I'm so hot. It was like 65 degrees today inside the mm-hmm. gym and I'm sweating and I'm hot. And they're like, you're hot? And it's like, not, yeah. let
0: me be clear. It's not that we just think we're hot. Like last night I did a few things around my home. And I went upstairs and I thought, it must be 112 up here. And like you, I went and the thermostat was set on 65, but y'all literally my (laughs) neck, the hair on the back of my neck was wet. So it's not my imagination. Now I know I'm carrying some extra weight and that works the girl's body a little harder, but (laughs) if you don't understand, and you can't, if you've not been there. What it's like to feel like you have an inferno heater inside your body. That's what they don't understand. I don't think it's not like hot, like the sun's on me. It's from the inside out.
1: Yes. Well, and then can we talk about just how we look when we wake up in the morning? This morning, I looked at myself and I was like, all like disheveled. My hair was all looking crazy. I said, oh my gosh, I look like I've been rode hard and put away wet, honey. Look at my hair. And you didn't even touch me this morning. (laughs)
0: We know they like to touch you in the morning. Um, (laughs) Just say that. You know, it's just so here's what I want. Here's the way I think we can change it. Yes, we have to suffer through this. But I think biblically, in other ways, the men should be coming along and understanding. They should try to understand and they should. Care for us. And I think even our female friends, our daughters, our nieces, they need to understand and there needs to be sympathy and empathy. We need to um, comfort our female friends when they're having terrible period cramps. And I know there's some of you out there going, well, I don't know what the big deal is. That was my mother. She never had a terrible period cramp. I literally the first day would be in the fetal position on the couch with a heating pad and popping ibuprofen. (laughs) <laughs> to the point of you know, running my liver. Um, it, it, but I think if we, I think part of it's our fault because we haven't talked about it openly, Christina. I mean, what do we do? We suffer in silence. We yes. don't talk about or, how, or you're,
1: or you're like me, running around the house yelling and screaming at everybody because you're so hot and and like in a lot of discomfort. And they think you're you just, just being, They your, think you're just yeah. hysterical. Yes. They don't really yeah, understand. Well they, exactly. Well, cause I don't know how to communicate it. It's, it's a really, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our community, our audience, they're saying you're so right. I don't know how to communicate this because it's something that they don't have happen to them. Um, and, and when they do finally, like if you have a daughter, I have a daughter, Um, or, or, you know, I have a son as well and he's, he's going to eventually have to deal with this when he gets married. Um, but you know, they don't know, they don't know how to react, respond. Um, and I think we just do a poor job
0: in communicating it. Even as as a woman, if it, if your experience wasn't bad, you think the next person's isn't bad. You need to understand it's different. And if your girlfriend tells you she really is suffering or she's really bleeding heavily, believe her. I mean, if she tells you Mm -hmm. she wore that maxi pad to tennis yesterday and her little (laughs) who has chafed, understand that's just not, you know, that's a real deal saddle burn, you know, there. Um, And we need to find ways as moms, To talk to our sons about this, to tell them what to expect. Mm -hmm. Like my husband was one of four boys. He had oh wow, no clue. Still has no clue. None at all. So if you're a man listening, ask the questions, ask her what she needs. And by golly, if she tells you she's hot. Crank the air down, get some ice, do it all. If she looks at you in horror, sweating and turning red in public and tells you she needs to go home immediately, offer her jacket to wrap around her waist. And we can do these things as girlfriends too. If, you know, if your girlfriend's not feeling well, offer her all the things, share with her what you're doing, what you're using, Um, you know, help her find enough toilet paper in the public bathroom, do all
1: the things. Yeah, but here's the thing my husband is clueless. You know, you have to spell stuff out for men. I I mean, God bless them. They're so amazing in so many different arenas. But when it comes to this, they're like, they're not discreet, right? They're just like, why do we have to go? What are we doing? You know, it's like,
0: shh, just be quiet. But why do we need to be so discreet? Is not (laughs) that part of the problem? We've been discreet to the point of you know, nobody knows our plight. So is that what needs to change? Yeah. You don't have to be gross about it, but w- we do need to make this. I mean, everybody knows we bleed. Why do I act like that's a secret? <laughs> everybody knows we're going through mon- menopause. Why do we act like that's a secret? But we get in these little huddles and say the change instead of yeah. just talking about it. Yeah. I'm menopausal. I mean, we should be able to say that anywhere with comfort.
1: Looks taboo because, because again, society has told us for years, that you're burnt up, you're washed out, you're, you're done. You're in the other half of your life. I mean, when you hit 40, I always talk about this. You're over the hill. What the freaking hill is over the hill. Yeah. Like I just started my race. I don't know what you're talking about, but I just started my race. Well, let's say this
0: October 18th. Is yeah. the day that we normalize conversations about all the things, about menopause, about childbirth, mm, about menses, about all of it. Let's make it no longer taboo. That's my first topic. Christina, you're up. Let's do it.
1: Okay. So again, it's booby month. It's booby month. It's all about your boobas, girls. Boobs. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> and not just women love them, right? I think everybody enjoys boobies. Your children, your husband.
0: <laughs> My you boys I mean, love you know, those ninnies in those boobies <laughs> when they were breastfed baby <laughs> boys. Yes. Just,
1: just loving the tatas. And uh, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I think that we are in the space in the community of women that you know, at forty, what do they tell us? They say you need to go get your mammogram. That's like your—that's like your initiation into over the hill, into the perimenopausal or the menopausal, you know, stages in life. Mm-hmm. This is your right. This is your, rite you know, of passage. Yes, your rite of passage. There you go. And it's—it's it's like okay, you step in, and now we get to go get our boobies squished by More good times. Uh, uh, an x-ray <laughs> like really this is this is what we get to do we get to look forward to that what do men get
0: like why do we prostate have to do exams all? that that is the compare <laughs> they at least get something in this category we're gonna say that but you know Christina I love that boobs are something everyone likes children love to get mm-hmm. their nutrition men love to squish them women love to show them off we should protect them apparently they're one of our best assets is based I on how much so. everybody loves them so we should really step up and protect them
1: so we we do we definitely need to you know it's not just you know, one month out of the year, it's every month, you know, ladies, please give yourself a self-examination, you know, check and see if there's any abnormalities. I'm not a doctor, neither is Gail. Uh, but we really just have a lot of friends, um, that have
0: Mm -hmm. had breast cancer. My friend was diagnosed at 35. And yeah, thank goodness for that getting... mammogram because it, she did not, yeah. e- she wound up not even having to have chemo or radiation because nice. of such early detection. And she's BRCA positive. Um, mm. So, you know, that's pretty serious. She's had have, have a lot of it other workups, but that early intervention probably not only saved her life, but saved her a lot of, um, you know, treatment that it can be. Yeah. Sometimes very hard. So you've brought up yeah. self-exam, you know, one of the things you, you wanted, let's do two things here. Let's, let's mark this month by we're going to ask all our good girlfriends, have they had their mammogram and if they're doing self-checks, because sometimes you just need that girlfriend yes. that gets in your ear and yaks at you. And, and part of this show is we want to, we want to be proactive. We want to help people. We want to make midlife great. And you know, Let's also make sure that we're normalizing those conversations and that when we go to the doctor, we're, we're so um, familiar with the conversation. So used to talk about, we're not afraid to talk to the doctor and ask the doctor specifically, okay, what am I looking for? While they've got you there on the table, breast exposed to the universe in your lovely paper robe, Get them to show you, like when they're doing a breast exam, get them to show you what they're looking for. So you can do a proper self-exam, but usually we're so mortified at that moment. We may have our feet in stirrups. We're cold. We don't ask the questions. That doctor's there to serve you. Get up your gumption, normalize the conversations and be prepared with your words to ask for help. Say, what am I looking for? I noticed this or, you know, show me, tell me what it feels like versus, you know show me something that is not a lump to be concerned about. So I think that could be really helpful and we just don't do it.
1: Well, no. And, and a lot of women, I mean, a lot of women nowadays have breast implants. I talk about this all the time because I'm, you know, I'm very much um, an advocate for plastic surgery. I think, you know, if you want to do it, do it. Um, And, and some people have had to do it because they've had breast cancer and they've gone in and, you know had to get reconstruction and things of that nature but you still have to you know examine yourself you still like that is still something that you need to do and yes you still need to get a mammogram even if you do have you know fake boobs because you just you need to do that stuff so uh, i think we do need to know I think it might be even more important Because I think
0: palpating a mass, you know, with an implant is probably much, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but I can imagine that would be a lot more difficult. So
1: well it depends on if it's under the muscle or above the muscle, you know. And so you definitely need to talk with your healthcare provider, ladies. We're again, we're gonna put it out there, we're not doctors, but we wanna open up the conversation to say, Hey, it is natural, it's normal to do these things so that we can stay healthy for ourselves and for our our, our future, you know. Yeah. And um and it's just part of the process. So and get it can be checked. Yeah. And it can, it can be a good part of the process, right? Because look at, if your friend didn't know that she had, you know, the number one, the gene or even breast cancer, you know, if she didn't go and take those, um, actionable items, right. And, and put them into use where would she be at today?
0: You know, her so getting just- tested for the gene also led to her dad getting tested because he was undergoing wow. some prostate cancer, which the BRCA, if I've got all this straight, if I remember correctly, is also linked to that. So this can be about your family's health as well, the way these yep. things go. Yep. So um grateful for all the innovations in medicine. I'm grateful that our sisters are able to live with this disease now. We're not losing them and that the treatments are what they used to be. Um, and that If she needs her boobs removed, we have implants and we have beautifully tattooed nipples and areolas. Is that how you say that word? Areolas? Yes. Yeah. my friend has that and they look great yeah. she showed me you know let's just show each other our boobs why not she's like you want to see? i'm well, sure i want to see there's nothing weird about it okay i want to my- we we touch
1: our boobs over here like if if somebody oh, yeah. has really good boobs we just touch to just them reach out and love someone yeah we okay. just reach out and love somebody i mean it's like i that might be a, a girl thing. thing. Let we'll me see how how squishy yours are.
0: <laughs> oh, my, mine are squishy. I can tell you, and they're they're low. They're hanging low. Okay, <laughs> I want to talk about being alone and spending time alone because I'm mm. not a person that that comes supernaturally for. Um, I, I'm a people person. I'm I'm an Enneagram eight, but a strong wing seven. I like people. I like to spend time with friends. I like quality conversation. But as I've gotten into midlife, I have decided that I enjoy a alone time. And it's mm. for a lot of reasons. It's a time definitely for me to think. But like this weekend, my husband went hiking on the AT. He is a real man, baby. He can survive in those woods. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I'm the only one here, because my son was out of town as well, part of the week, if I'm the only one here to not have to think about anybody else, Is so freeing. Like not what anyone wants for dinner, when we're going to have dinner, not, I can leave something laying in the middle of the floor for a few minutes and not feel like I'm, you know, inconveniencing someone else. And I always, I know you could feel alone during that time. I do not feel alone. I eat crap food. I watch crap TV. I lay on the couch till the wee hour at (laughs) like 1 a.m. I'm in there eating chips on the couch. I'm just living my best life. So. Yep. I just want midlife women to embrace, embrace that sometimes being alone. Now, if you're alone all the time and you're lonely, I know that that's a very serious thing. But if you've still like, we've still got a teenager in our home. My husband's around and I love my husband. I love being with my family. Like I rarely go anywhere without them on a trip and stuff, but I do enjoy it more in midlife than I used to. And yes, uh, you know, read a book, just lay in the hammock and do nothing. You don't have to answer to anybody. You don't have to, cause I'm a guilt person. Like if I'm laying around and my husband's mowing my I feel guilty. Like I need to get yes. up and do something. And yep. when nobody's here, I just relish not having to answer to anybody and nobody know what I'm doing. And I can just do whatever I want. That freedom is just not lost on me. So I just want to throw out that I really enjoyed some alone time this weekend. I really, really did. And you no, here, yeah. here's the other thing. I love that you can clean up the house and you can walk through an hour later and it looks the same way. And it's still clean. How awesome is that
1: <laughs> you know Gail i I love that alone time I you know I have just recently been married um we just got married uh, two years ago and prior to that, if my kid was at his dad's for the week I had a whole week where my house was totally spotless because I didn't have you know a kid coming in and out. Um, I could do whatever I wanted to, you know, sleep, naked, naked if I want to. Nobody's, nobody's around, right? right. Not scaring nobody's anybody. jumping on
0: you. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and now, you know, you're right. You just feel, you feel bad. Like, especially if your husband's doing something and you're like, but I don't want to, I just want to just veg out. I I feel guilty. I am so that girl where I feel guilty and I'm like, can you just go somewhere? Or maybe I need to go rent a hotel. And I just need to
0: be by myself so I can veg out. There's and something about nobody knowing what you're doing and yeah. not having to feel guilty or answer <laughs> to anyone. Yeah. Does that not yeah. just fit our don't give a rip middle age attitudes? <laughs> we should not give a rip when others are around, but when Janet. nobody's around, the freedom to just Eat oh, the crab food in the, my, I'm not even eating the bathtub or I have eaten dinner in the bed when nobody's around. Oh my gosh. How I, luxurious yes. is that? Okay. Yes. What's your last one? Topic of comment. The last
1: one. My last one is Britney, bitch. Oh,
0: <laughs> can we say that? Britney Spears. <laughs> my goodness. Britney, what a tale. Britney
1: Spears. Oh my gosh. Girlfriend. Like, can we just... I just watched that documentary on. I think it's a is it Netflix? I think it's Netflix. Um, and I was just absolutely appalled. And again, I don't really follow it too much. And I kept hearing everybody talk about Britney Spears, Britney Spears, and then I saw this documentary, and I'm like, well, let me let me get up to speed mm-hmm. on what is happening in the day in the life of Britney Spears, and to see um, the way that they worked her, uh, almost, almost to the point of, it felt like slavery, like you're sitting here and you're working this poor girl to death and she doesn't have time to recalibrate recoup. I mean, we were just got off of, you know, having that, that downtime, the, the, the ability to recalibrate yourself, the ability to, you know, refresh your soul or refresh your spirit. It's like she went from show to show to show, and how much money they made off of her working her like a workhorse was absolutely insane. I was so appalled. I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm sure, you know, again, Gail, we always talk about there's her side, there's the dad's side, and then somewhere in the middle, there's there's the truth, right? Correct. And so I never want to just be all one-sided here because I'm sure there was a time and a season where she needed that in her life. But for it to last, I mean, she's in her 40s.
0: Yeah, you brought that up to me today, and I thought that was very interesting when we think about this under the midlife perspective Yeah, and finding your moxie and all that. It's almost like she had her moxie taken from her, it seems like, and now she's in midlife. She's been handled all these years. She's been locked down. Mm -hmm. How does she then navigate midlife? Is she going to have the skills? Is she, you know, most of us get to midlife and we've been running our lives for 20, 30 years she hasn't. So what does that look like as a midlife woman?
1: You know, I, I wish I knew and I wish that they wouldn't have done this to her. You know, I don't think anybody grows from something that lasts this long um because of the skill set, right? We always talk about the skill set of the need that you have in that particular season of your life. And we're going into what we feel in, in the midlife moxie world, what we feel is the best season of your life. But now she's having to go, okay, where do I start? Like how we were in our twenties? Like, where do I start?
0: Is where do I go from going here? going to be capable of know. functioning as a midlife woman? Um, And I think this ties into, you know, all those bigger conversations about mental illness and Uh yes, you know, there should have been a middle ground. It felt like for her, if you're going to lock somebody down like that, at least have some positive things that are working towards getting her out of that situation. And maybe she did. We don't know. Maybe she was in constant therapy. I don't know. Maybe she had mentors. I don't know. But I do have a real concern for her being turned loose in midlife. What? if she's going to be able to handle it, let's hope and pray she does. Let's hope and pray yeah. she gets the help she chooses at this, in this season. Yes. But
1: well, checks and balances, right? That's what I hear you say is like, where's the checks and the balances through that process for, right. this, for this this person. And regardless if she's Britney Spears or she's just, you know, one of our, you know, followers on, on Midlife Moxie, it's the same thing It's like, what are the checks and the balances in order for you to develop, you know, cause they said she had some, some mental illness. They, they, they said a whole lot of but different don't we things all? about her. I mean,
0: that's kind of yeah, my story. I think we all we do. do. And I we think do. this is everyone's biggest fear. I think this mm-hmm. is it. We're going to have some episodes on anxiety and depression coming up. I hope you'll tune in. There's a lot to say here yes. and there's a lot of stories to be shared. I'm going to share my own battles with anxiety and, I think everyone's fear is like losing your freedom, being locked up, people thinking you're crazy. And this is exactly what happened to her. And I think what happens is it deters people from getting help that's available. And that's the saddest thing. So let's send her prayers, well well wishes, and, and let this serve as something that's probably not the right way to do this when someone is struggling. Yeah.
1: I I think we need to have again like you said more conversations and I'm so excited about our future, you know, um episodes where we will be diving into things of that nature and you know bringing on experts as well in in those arenas because I I just think it's, again, like we were talking about uh, as we began this episode, you guys, we, we were talking about, you know, let's start um, normalizing the conversation about menopause. Well, let's start normalizing the, the, the conversation about, you know, mental illness and how we can... 100%.
0: Because like, trust we can me,
1: be if better. you don't
0: feel mentally ill yet, when you hit midlife <laughs> and menopause... <laughs> You're, you're going to think you are, the hormones will drive you right off. And oh y'all, gosh. you know, let's, let's be able to talk to one another and create those safe spaces. I wish there'd have been somebody that could have been Brittany's safe person where she could have been safe, but she could have also lived a more healthy life and situation. We'll never yeah. know all the details, but no, well, no, Christina. Never. Our time's up. You and I could talk all day about all the things. This is going to be a regular part of our podcast, this Moxie Musings. And here's the part we really want you to know. This is the part of our show that we really want to include you, the the listener. We want you to go to Podcast at gmail.com. And send us topics you want to talk about. We might even quote you on the show. Who knows? We might even bring you on during this segment to talk about some hot topic. Give us our feedback on what we talk about. Tell us what you think about menopause, breast cancer awareness, about being alone, about Brittany and midlife and mental illness and all the things we want to hear from you. So that's midlifemoxiepodcast at gmail.com. Now, speaking of midlife and all the things of menopause. Christina, that boob sweat. Girl. Ugh. So
1: bad. It's so bad, especially when you're at the gym and you're overheating and then you're, you're underneath your boobs are just like wet. It's so gross.
0: It's gross. It's you so can even get rashy. You know, you're just, uh, and I don't remember that being a part of my life in younger years when I was even probably more, way more active. There's something about midlife plus, I guess, my size, but you're not my size and you still get it. So we have a solution. We have a partner. We want to welcome Love, She is a midlife woman just like us, and she has created all natural vegan skin products hygiene products for women. Her her flagship product is for boob sweat, but she's moved to other of our private parts with her products. And guess what? You, our listeners, get a 10% discount by using the code MOXIE. So go to com. That's love, L-U-V, and give them a try and take care of that boob sweat and let's all keep it fresh, right? So till yeah. next time, what do we say, Christina? Go and get your moxie, moxie on. on. Bye, guys.